On this episode of the Packers Pod, we talk about the Packers heading to San Francisco. No, we aren't talking about 2020, 2019, 2015. We're talking about the 2021 edition. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Jones, look at that balance, Aaron Jones, see ya! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pack It Up Packers Podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Joe. Oh, excited for a trip back to Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, we're, I don't know. I, we were discussing this a little bit before we recorded. This week three through five stretch is just so wild because there's a lot of teams you believe in. There's a lot of teams you've already signed off on. And, and now we get to the point where I was looking at the schedule for our beautiful survivor pool. And it's like, I, I don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Weeks three through five are like when there's that massive upset where half the league loses. You're like, wait, the Chiefs lost to the Falcons? Like, how did that happen? There's just a random scenario that makes no sense now or 12 weeks from now. (laughs) Hey, we already got ours out of the way, though. So, (laughs) you know? Well, I mean, let's let's be part of that random scenario. I mean, I assume most folks would pick the 49ers here, but maybe we finally, like, fix the demons that curse us in Northern California. Hey, well, here's interesting. Cause we're going to jump right into it. If you're thinking, wow, it seems like we go to San Francisco a lot in the last eight meetings. We've gone to San Francisco six times. The interesting part, which I would have bet a lot of money and lost the last four games in San Francisco have actually been a split, two games each. So this is a rubber game in San Francisco, which uh, I would not have thought of. Uh, I thought for sure we <laughs> got blown out. Uh, every time floor, we're 0-2, right? Uh, no, we beat them, mm-hmm. um, uh, what was it, uh, last year. We yeah, went, we beat them last we year. Back up, back up, no Garoppolo, so. no Kittle. Yeah. We, we ended up taking them. Oh, yeah, that was nice, yeah. See, see, see how much black out when we go to San Francisco. Even us talking about it don't do well. The 49ers are 2-0. and They snuck by the Lions. If you remember, they were going far and away, and then the fourth quarter happened, and then they ended up beating the Eagles in a very, very, very close game in Philadelphia, 17-11. to so let's start with this. Let's just pull the bandaid off. Let's start with this defense, who I am nervous because as we speak, Jenkins has not been at practice. Uh, hopefully the magic of, of whatever we were doing against the Lions keeps up. But boys, whether you're looking at Warner, whether you're looking at Nick Bosa and his three sacks already this year, this defense is so, so good. Three sacks this year? Is that half of what Rayshon Gary has in two and a half seasons? 
man, are we still on the last episode? <laughs> oh, hey, were, were we gonna? Were we ever gonna just like call out and give a give this guy a moment? Uh, Jay Sternberger getting cut? No, we're gonna look right past that. Okay, cool. So the front seven of the 49ers is tough, <laughs> and Elton Jenkins being hurt right now and coming off what does this not have the vibe of like a week of no practice, but he still plays on Sunday? Like that's the vibe I'm getting right now. Yeah, he's recovering nicely. They need him, so they're like, let's let's oh, take care my of you. Goodness. This, uh, it limits a lot of what you can do with the front seven. Warner is so fast, aggressive, solid tackler, smart. Bosa off the edge. It, I mean, they got guys. They got long, stout defensive linemen. So the idea of like trusting Jenkins and Turner as your tackles and these rookies on the interior, you're going to have to leave tight ends in. You're going to have to leave Daphne and Lewis in. You're going to have to leave Jones in to chip. It, it takes away a part of the offense. It's tough, but I saw some things that the Eagles did that could open it up and give us a chance. And I, I'll dive into that in a second, but I want to hear Josh's thoughts on the defense before I expose them. For <laughs> yeah, and is Eric Armstead for, for sure out, or is, or is he just game-time decision? Have you guys heard yet? He's been did not practice. Okay, so, so I mean, he's point. he's another guy that you didn't mention that if he plays, he knows how to cause a ruckus in the middle. He's a big boy. Um, he, he's some seventy yeah, pounds. Looks like. Yeah, he's very big. <laughs> he's very big, and uh, and he sometimes lines up as like a D tackle. You know, he, he's a quicker D tackle. He, he's listed as a D end, um, but th- this the front of this defense is what I'm worried about. The secondary. I think we can pick apart, you know, uh, you know how fast Rodgers got the ball out last week. He needs to speed it up another tenth or two of a second uh, this week. Uh, we do not need to be looking deep. We need to be taking advantages of quick plays, misdirection plays, very similar to what we did last week and what Ryan pointed out in the last episode. Very similar formations, and let's just do different things out of the same formation time in and time again. Um, so, yeah, this defense is going to be definitely the biggest test of the year, which doesn't bode well because week one did not go well. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see after the Detroit uh, come out, you know, what we got. So I disagree with you. I, I, you're saying misdirections, keep it short to medium range. If you watch that Eagles game, First of all, Fred Warner and honestly Jaquiski Tart, number three, fantastic players. Like they were all over the field. But the Eagles went after number twenty four, Quan Williams. Like they made a point of attacking him, their nickelback, their 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 third corner. Uh, but the Eagles had success getting behind the secondary. Multiple long balls. They had a couple near misses and some big hits. I mean, they had one where it was a touchdown, but the receiver's right foot stepped out by like an inch on the three-yard line before he caught the ball. They had some deep shots to Quez Watkins, you know, not a Pro Bowl wide receiver, but a guy that was able to stretch the secondary. So when you when you look at a weakness in this, you know, potentially, I think you need to set it up. You know, you need to be consistent with your run game, but you need to take your shots and you need to hit them. You can't miss MVS on the deep ball this week. You need to score off of that. And, and, like, for that reason, I want Aaron Jones to have his 20 touches and keep that defensive front honest, keep that front seven looking at the run game. 
But I, I'm looking at MVS to have the breakout game because the Eagles got behind the secondary, and that's our guy to do it. Yeah, but it, will we get our run game going, though? I, I don't well, I don't think you, you know, have I, to get it going. I don't think yeah. you have to get it going. You just need to give him the ball enough that Fred Warner's looking at him and they're not just immediately dropping back because Rodgers is trying to throw 45 times. Yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, I mean, the Eagles did get able to go deep, but it was because San Francisco was playing so aggressive because Jalen Hurts was hurting him in the ground game too. So it was, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I, I do think they do have a weakness deep. Uh, you know, their, their safeties I don't love. Their corners are decent. Um, but, you know, it's – I, I just think that they'll they'll see what happened the past two weeks and they'll be like, all right, let's just play over the top of Rodgers and, you know, let him dink and dunk and maybe we win. I, you know, who knows? Who knows? What if I told you guys that currently they have the sixth worst rush defense this year? And that's wow. coming off the Lions game the Lions that they had the to throw away. They had to throw their way back into the game. So right now they're giving up an average of 133 yards per game, which is only two slots higher and a couple yards less well, than the Green Bay Packers. They did lose Robert Sala. Like the defensive coordinator does impact your your star player's ability, but more so your role player's ability to like play their role to let the stars shine. But I feel like it's so soon off of Salah leaving. Like, how do they go from such a stout defensive front to sixth and or sixth worst in the run game? I still yeah. don't know. I still don't know if I. We talked about it on our our review pod of review recap pod of the Lions game. I, the successes we have against the lesser teams, I'm so intrigued about what the offensive line looks like against a known quantity in the front seven, because. Even on top, like this was before Elton Jenkins got hurt, but with the the youth on the interior of the offensive line, they're gonna they're gonna find ways to scheme that up. I mean, these coaches have beaten us before. Like the coaches are gonna know the weakness and they're gonna attack it. It's gonna be very interesting how we hold up there. Yeah, and it's something that I brought up. I think this offense of the Packers relies so heavily on what they do in that first quarter. That yes, Lafleur to his credit, and we've brought it up multiple times. His, his half game adjustments, more often than not, have been good. Uh, I think he gets a passing grade for what he can evolve to. We need to see. You know, we know what we're going to get out of the Pittsburgh defense. We know what we're going to get out of the NFC North defense. This San Francisco defense has still, and for the most part of their offense as well, which we'll touch on in a second, hasn't found their stride yet. They're 2-0, and congrats. But I don't know if necessarily their two wins are, are stellar, considering we just played the Lions and we probably should have beat them by more. Uh, I just, there's a lot of reliance on this defensive front creating pressure and this secondary holding on for dear life that nobody kind of really talks about this linebacker crew, which is good, but I think that they're having to pick up a lot more slack than they thought they would. And Mm -hmm. the ability to find uh, Tunyon, Cobb, Rogers, Jones, uh, even Dylan, we need to own this 10 yard gap so that we can hit MVS as Dan was talking about that. We can allow some of these outside runs to take place because if we get into that format that we've seen from Rodgers where he's like, I know I can beat them deep, so I'm going to continue to try to chuck at the ball. 
It will not work. Take your time. Set it up. It will be available. But we have to be able to own some some essence of a running game, but also own these short throws. Man, that's a great point. That's one relief that I had from the last game was, you know, Rogers week one was just throwing it up there. Week two, it, it was strategic. You know, each time he did throw it up there, it should have been a complete pass almost every time. I think there was one that shouldn't. Um, but, I mean, great improvement. And I, I think I think we see more of that this week for sure. So let's turn our attention to their offense where we have been in Vegas getting in fights with San Francisco 49ers on their, <laughs> their unbelievable trust in Garoppolo. Uh, th- so one good news is the rushing game uh, is not where it should be. Mostert obviously is hurt. Mitchell hasn't practiced this week, even though he's been really solid this year uh, thus far. The guy that I'm going to call out is the guy that between Deadspin, I've read it on ESPN, I've read it everywhere – Debo Samuel on 20 targets has 15 receptions for 282 yards. He's averaging almost 20 yards a catch. The man is doing everything for this team short. He he's 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 the man. And and Kittle hasn't even really caught up to speed. He's still getting he's almost catching 100% this year, but he's not necessarily clicking on all cylinders. How do we feel about this defense that is a little banged up, is a lot of new faces in terms of how can Campbell, can he go back-to-back games? Will Stokes get the start this week? There's a lot of things kind of happening. What are your guys' thoughts? Man, I, you know, you're you're pretty confident in the run game, not not going anywhere. I, I, I <laughs> if it were to go anywhere, it would be in this game, and we'd make a running back that was a nobody a superstar. You know, yeah, that this uh, would happen right now. Yeah, but Trenton Cannon looking, yeah, he's <laughs> probably going to go for one fifty. Trey Sermon, yeah, uh, or no, Jimmy G is going to go for seventy. You know, it's something, something crazy. But it, anyways. You're right. This this offense has no identity. And when Debo Samuel is your identity, you're struggling. You know, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But when you're counting on him to carry the team, he's not going to get it done. Um, so I I have confidence mm-hmm. that our defense will build off of last week. I don't think it's going to be great, mm-hmm. um, but really? I think. I think we'll build and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who we put on Debo and if we keep Jair on him all all night. Don't forget about Brandon Ayuk either. And Kittle's been quiet, but George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, who at the end of this game, win or lose, are we looking at being like, who they had a good one? Who are you asking? Yeah. Yeah, 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 between the three, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. Because Ayuk would be the only one. I, I, George Kittle just doesn't look in shape yet. He, he doesn't look ready. In shape, I, I don't know. The Packers will find a way to make him look good too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing too. Is we, <laughs> it was amazing diving into the stats of San Francisco because I think there's part of me that also has this negative attitude, knowing what the Packers have done in recent memory. And it, it was a surprise to find out that they're giving up rushing yards this year. But it was also a surprise to me because I loved Ayuk. He was a guy that I wanted to draft. 
mm-hmm. he was a guy that I was targeting for uh, even fantasy. Nobody cares about my team, but that's not the point. <laughs> two games. How's Christian McCaffrey doing? Yeah. Two, <laughs> oh, way too soon. Way too soon. But Ayuk, <laughs> Ayuk in two games has one reception for six yards. That's it. And, and yes. Uh, wait till he matches up against number 20. And that's the thing is it's it's an interesting scenario because I think it, if it's for my money and this is probably going to backfire completely like everything else, I actually don't mind saying Stokes, you are going to need to fly with Debo this game. When he runs, you run. So that Jair, you just match up as much as you can physically with Ayuk and make sure that nothing happens and pray to God that this linebacker crew can in some way slow down or maybe that's where they push King on the inside to take care of Kittle. But I I don't know. I don't know how you – I think they definitely test it. I think they test it early on. I I think you have something there. If if that's your subscription, if that's your prescription for this this offense, uh, you better be putting a safety over Stokes guy. Like you better be shadowing, you better be shading that way. And hell, we already had two for King. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, true. I mean, that doesn't make much of a difference. But I don't think they were doing it for King. I think that showed multiple times. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I I don't trust that Kittle is just this dormant, out of shape tight end that won't break out. I mean, the guy the guy runs tight end. You in the off season, he prides himself on like being king of the tight ends. The guy could break out at any moment and you know put it on this defense to let him do it. But between the two receivers, just because there's been a favorite in the first two weeks, the way our secondary looks, there's Jair and a bunch of unknowns. You know, we like what we saw from Eric Stokes. He had the best PFF grade of any rookie corner in week two. But putting him against a, a more seasoned wide receiver in an offense that's well coached, uh, it scares me a little bit. But the, the thing I found interesting about this offense, watching them back, was it looked like the middle of the offensive line was a bit of a weak point. And it, you know, that that's the Kenny Clark spot. Mm-hmm. The, let, let's get some let's get some Slayton action going up in there. Let's see Barnes and Devondre and Campbell just hitting their run fits. Their tackles are amazing. Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey, pro bowlers, all pro, all stars. Give them whatever title you want. Those guys are awesome. Uh, but the middle of the offensive line looked like that's where you could do your work. Um, so th- what I saw the 49ers trying to do to build off of that, on top of just their running backs being hurt, then the weakness of their middle of the offensive line, they threw a ton of screen passes. Mm-hmm. And they didn't necessarily execute on them. So there were there were a lot of unsuccessful screens to running backs and to Kittle uh, that were just based on execution. It wasn't like the defense blew them up. It was just the lineman wasn't getting out. Garoppolo couldn't find the running back. The running back couldn't get off a chip block as part of the screen and then find the ball, and they had to throw it into the dirt. So the ones they did have success on were still just a couple-yard game. And by success, I mean they completed uh, so that was kind of a sign to me of they saw a weakness in a uh, on the interior of the offensive line, but they still felt they were mobile enough to expose something to the screen game. So, guys, the screen game against the Packer defense might be good because, remember, we've been talking about our lack of hustle. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not necessarily chasing the quarterback really hard, right? So we should be there waiting to blow up the screen. 
that's the way that's the way, that's the way this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they don't even rush the quarterback. They we just, can't overplay they just back. when we don't sprint anything. Yeah, Lancaster is laying on the ground waiting for it to come to him, right? Yeah. No, but you're right. I mean, I was I was about to say, like, if you thought uh golf dropped it down a lot, wait, wait till we see Jimmy G this week. Um, especially with if Stokes starts playing more, I think we're going to get better coverage on the back end um, and give more time for our defensive line to hopefully get some type of pass rush going. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they have weapons. They have plenty of weapons, even Jawan Jennings. I mean, he, he he's a decent athlete. You know, he he's their, I think, fourth wide receiver. So, I mean, they, they could go off, but I, I have faith in our defense. I, I really do this week. Those wide receivers also block pretty well. So yep, yep. If they get something going, be ready to get frustrated. But let's let's not like get anything get going. Let's go into San Francisco and take one. Take it. So let's get into our predictions. But before we get too far into our individual thoughts, what do you guys think the line is for this game on Sunday night in Santa Clara? I, I'd have to say four four and a half. Yeah. Four. It is currently three. <laughs> three to the 49ers, which oh, is a little I w- scary. I meant four, like F-O-R, asking Josh, like four and a half for who? Because I was oh, wondering if I was wondering Vegas. I hadn't 49ers. looked. I was wondering if Vegas bought into uh, our performance against the Lions. So just three for the Niners. Just three, which you, means that they think that these teams are even with them being the home team. So I do not agree right with now? that. What's the, what's the over-under? 50. Ooh. Straight burger. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like my prediction even better now. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it. All right. <laughs> let's go for it. Let's go for it. All right. I, I, I bet against the pack last week, and it, it bit me in the butt. So this, this week, I, I really, truly feel the Packers are, especially the offense, uh, is going to build off of last week. Um, the play calling was wonderful from Lafleur. Uh, a couple of the audibles that Rodgers was throwing in, even early on in the game, um, I really enjoyed. So I, I think the Packers are going to win. The only worry I have is that this San Francisco defense learns from that New Orleans tape, um, how they threw Rodgers off in that game. Um, that's my only worry because they do have the talent to pull it off. Uh, they, they have good covering corners amazing linebacker play and the defensive line like we have said um so that's my only worry but i think the packers win 27 20 um and i think sam fran honestly may score less than 20 i think they do have a hard time moving the ball this week um mvp because of that i'm going campbell i was against him 100 percent week one oh. he completely turned around week two campbell You're talking yes. about campbell yes I think he is going to come up with another interception this week. I think he's going to show up big in the oh, coverage. Um, so, uh, yeah, come on, Campbell. Let's go, baby. I As soon as you said a second interception, there's no way. There's no way. Just a way. Just a way. <laughs> I mean, it, it is Jimmy Garoppolo. There is a way. <laughs> we, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you understand my opinions on Jimmy Garoppolo. I honestly thought Trey Lance might be starting by this week. Uh, but boys, I predicted a one point victory last week. I was a little off against the spread. 
I was just trying to look up the over-under for Aaron Rodgers' pass yards because I, I think that makes a difference in this game, and I wasn't able to find it in prop bets between Josh's prediction and now. So we're just going to roll with it. Uh, whatever it might be, here's my prediction. MVS gets his breakout game. We connect on a deep ball. I still need to see 20-plus touches from Aaron Jones like we talked about to keep that defensive front honest. But Rodgers needs to have 300-plus yards. And I think even with that, if the 49ers are well coached, which answer that question in your head right now, I'm not going to say it out loud, knock on wood, because we all know the answer. They're going to run on us. No matter who the running back is, they're going to find ways to scheme some guys open. They're going to attack our weak points. I don't have us winning this game. I got the 49ers going 27, Packers 21, and it it sucks to pick an MVP when the Packers lose, but I'm going to say it's MVS because I – I think he's got the potential to be that deep game stretcher and the game changer. So the MVP is MVS, but I think this being in San Francisco makes it a loss. I think if it was in Lambeau, it's a different story. A hundred percent agree. And I would even say if it was in San Francisco and it was just a day game, I, I, or, or one of those nice little four thirty slots, I would be kind of on board with it. But Man, it's so it's so tough. It's so tough to pick against San Francisco when I think other than the running game, they're a little bit healthier. And I, I think truly defense wins championships. And if I'm looking purely at defense, I pick San Francisco's even if they're not clicking oh, all the way. By a mile. By a mile. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, another thing that kind of scares me is through two weeks, the Packers are averaging against tight ends giving up 65 yards and one and a half touchdowns. Kittle, if he's going to have a breakout game, especially with Garoppolo's quarterback, it's going to be this game. I think Zedarius, this is going to be one of those weeks that you miss him being there to at least push Garoppolo to a side to get hopefully clean up help from Preston or, or Gary. I, it's going to be close. I, I do believe it will be close. 27-23 is, is my final for the 49ers. If there is an MVP, man, it's – it's. Uh, I'm going to say Tunyon just going pound for pound against Kittle, but it's just Ooh, really that'd hard. That would be fun, yeah. Really, we didn't really talk hard about that matchup. That. Yeah. yeah, it's not really a matchup, but that side-by-side -side comparison. Man. But what I are Tunyon's wrong to go MVP? What are Tunyon instead? Uh, get me five catches, forty-five yards, and a touchdown. Where it's just like he was the perfect. 45. Yeah, with, with like just about every one of those being a first down when he needed it. I, I just think that thus far uh, this season, Rodgers hasn't necessarily looked his way as much as he had last season. So. Uh, if he becomes that perfect, we need that six yards. It always went to Tunyon. I think that's what gets it yeah. done. It doesn't look his way unless Lazard's wide open underneath and he'd rather force mm -hmm. a pass into Tunyon and perfectly place it for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get over that play, though. It's so sexy. So, so that will do it for this episode. Packer Nation is going to be up late once a freaking game, uh, but we'll see what happens. This is one of those that I don't think this by any stretch of the imagination makes or breaks the season, but this is definitely a, a ginormous momentum pusher if it can go our way. So let's go until, until next time. Thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go.